0: Like I'll do what makes sense to me in it. Like if that's a no-entry sign, but I can walk through it just to get to my destination. I'm walking through it. Like I don't care what the sign says. From a young age, here, yeah, I've just wanted to get rid. And I would probably say that's probably why I got into football in the first place. Mm. Harry Redknapp was watching the training session that day. Wow! So I was like, got an extra ham. Like money felt a bit weird when I was playing, I carried on and then literally I got home. I remember I was just literally sitting there playing PlayStation and then I went to get up and then I couldn't move my leg literally because I was broken by it. Do you know what mm. I mean? When you work so hard for something yeah. for such a long period of time and then it's just like <laughs> spent what little money I had on getting the stock and the samples. It's so expensive, man. Mm. Like people don't even realise. How
1: much you, like, like How much was you putting into <clears> it?
0: Like it cost five grand just to get a sample. I don't mind spending a hundred grand. Mm making 95 the, the biggest campaign that made the greatest impact was the uh, tfl campaign that i had in 21 2021 and they were quoting me like 75 grand right uh, for <laughs> this ain't right he's an extremely talented rapper he should not be in there as soon as he comes out we're doing this
1: we so said you'll see stormzy in that and dave
0: honestly I like he's, he's a better rapper than them
1: so someone i guess wanted to set up a product business today in 2023 and wanted to grow it to about like six seven figures what would your advice to them be
0: don't you're not defined by where you, where you come from yeah. and I think that's a big message that I always yeah. want to tell people like, like you have to be able to be uncomfortable yeah. like be comfortable with being uncomfortable
1: when you grow up in ends you don't realise it when you're confident but you have an audacity to do things that ordinarily most people wouldn't do. Welcome back to the Takeout Experience. We have a special guest in the building. Adam, how are you doing today?
0: Yeah, I'm good. Very good.
1: How's your day been? You were telling me you had a busy day offline as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It's just early morning, gym. Today at work, like, I still work, obviously. Um, and that's been it was a pretty stressful day today. Quite yeah. busy in the markets.
1: Why, why has it been more stressful today than any other day for you?
0: Inflation is obviously a, a massive topic in, yeah. with the economy right now. Um, and the US had inflation data today. So just generally when there's important data announcements out, then yeah. markets are a bit more volatile and there's a lot more things going on. So mm. that's usually when it's busier.
1: It's so interesting because I feel like I, like, so I was telling you offline that, like, I I also invest and I become more interested in investing over the years and i feel like every other week there's some kind of data or information and in, information coming out is it that frequent that it comes out was it just like quarterly
0: no 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 um yeah that's like so a you, you usually have at least one piece of important financial data out each week okay but you know, like i so said the bank of england yeah. they get together more or less every month okay um and then they'll make an interest rate decision and yeah. usually it's doesn't make any difference. Like we're, we're coming from a period of low interest rates, right? So yeah. every time there's been a an MPC meeting, yeah. the, the Monetary Policy Committee, they just say, you know, unchange, unchanged, unchanged, Because, you know, we'll just have no like, flat interest rates for ages. Hmm. But obviously now, because inflation is going out of control, central banks across, all over the world okay. are trying to raise interest rates to lower inflation because that is like the, it's a blunt instrument to use, but it's the main tool that usually works to get inflation back down. Okay. So now every month the meetings are quite interesting because everyone's thinking, okay, are they gonna raise or they not gonna raise? Yeah. How much are they gonna, gonna raise by if they do raise? And then obviously yeah. that speculation leads to, you know, trading opportunities. So that's why things are a lot busier around okay. announcements. But then obviously there's a lot of different economic data that comes out each week. So mm. you know, if we we're trying to focus on the interest rate decisions. Then you'd want to be looking at, you know, like retail sales data just yeah. to see like, you know, if people are still spending, you know, consumer spending, manufacturing data, all these things are kind of like indicators to see what the central bank might do and how much they're going to raise by or if they do raise. So like in the last meeting, the MPC, they rose, they raised interest rates by half a percent, okay, which is quite big. Yeah, Everyone was thinking they was going to do it by 025 point two five market consensus was 0.25 but then they did half which shook things up yeah. because people have their like trading positions sort of focused on We're where I'm, I'm expecting it to be here mm. and their positions will be you know positioned that way but then mm. if they if they do something that's out of what everyone's expecting yeah then everything things, starts going crazy. Exactly. Everyone's <laughs> P&L is all over the place. It's like it makes, that meme. It's like that
1: um, gift that you see of people running in like some kind of Wall Street building, <laughs> yeah, going yeah. crazy, for their papers off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's mad. The the watchers and listeners will understand this. So you've been in, in it for like 10 years. Mm. Has this been the most like, I guess obviously like there was like the financial crisis in 2008. Has this been like the most like what's it, what would I say, magnifying glass that's been on it. Like everybody's like really keen to know what's going on. Like all the news outlets I mm-hmm. keep on reporting on. Yeah. Oh, inflation is this, interest rates is this. I don't think I've ever seen anything it's that, again, like
0: but It's because it's, it's we're going through this period p- yeah. post-COVID of high inflation. Okay. So with all of the stimulus that was you know printed yeah. during COVID, you know, all the free cash that was being given out, obviously it's going to be inflationary. You know, and just the sheer amount of money that was pumped into the system during those years—it's obviously no, no wonder why inflation is where it is. Okay. So now, obviously, everyone's trying to fix it because you can't live in a high inflation environment. Yeah. So that's that's why there's so much focus. Okay. Um. But yeah, I'd say there's, yeah, throughout my career, obviously I was. bit late for the 2008 stuff yeah and unfortunately too late for that because it's very lucrative
1: yeah yeah i mean look there's we had 2020
0: Um, yeah (laughs) yeah, different different kind of time that was yeah i was i was working in our disaster like recovery site ah um, basically so obviously soon as everybody got sent home mm. we stayed in our offices and we were given like key worker badges basically mm. which was quite sick because i could drive to work and park literally right outside the office mm. on double yellows <laughs> and just have like a little letter on my dashboard to say why but yeah i spent like f- four months in just like a box room mm. in Hertfordshire
1: <laughs> that's insane yeah. that's insane gosh okay so who is
0: adam <laughs> Who oh, am I? It's an interesting question. Mm. Where do I start, really? I'm just like anyone else, to be honest. Mm. Love music, love making money, love football. Obviously, family friends are important to me. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's you. That's <laughs> that <Adam. laughs> That's me. Yeah, that's Adam. that love much, it. that
0: that literally sums me up. Yeah. Love that and finance, but I hate to be defined by finance, to be honest, because mm. I'm I don't really fit the stereotype. Mm. Um, like even like at work, I'm not really. The same as everybody else, or pretty unique in in that sense. So yeah, I don't really feel like I belong in that industry. Why? Why, why, why do you say it? that?
1: What, what makes you? What do you feel makes you unique?
0: I just have more of a creative personality. I like yeah. to be creative. I like to, mm. like doing things creative is is where I'm happiest. Mm. Um, so like starting up my business is just like a an extension of my creativity. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And then like I hear it. Yeah. And then like going into music. You know, being in a studio—that is literally my happy place. Like, okay, if I if I could, I'd spend every day in the studio. Do you know what I mean? Making
1: music, yeah, okay. like just with
0: yeah, making music, making beats.
1: Okay, do you still do that now? Make music?
0: I make beats, um, okay. but obviously, I I started a record label. It's like a oh man. a branch of the Beard Gang brand mm. basically um bgm records
1: okay yeah okay you know um, what we're gonna talk about yeah. that yeah because i i've got a question around that <laughs> okay we'll get we'll get them B- bgm records i love that okay let's talk about your story where where are your parents from jamaica jamaica, jamaica, jamaica. from jamaica were you born there here no i was born here grew up, grew up here okay Where whereabouts did you grow up in
0: in uh so i was born in uh newham hospital my my yeah my upbringing is pretty mixed to be honest um because obviously like, my parents split when i was baby basically. Mm. My mum lived east, so she lived in like Wolfhamstow and then moved more towards Woodford yeah. areas. But my dad's always been in Tottenham. Mm. Um but I spent my time mixed. I was with like my mum in the weekdays, dad's at the weekends. So yeah for me, like my like childhood growing up and all of my like friends were in mm. Tottenham because obviously okay. that's where I'd, I'm spending my free time during the week. It's just like school home, school home. you yeah. know I mean? So all my friends were in Tottenham growing up. Didn't really do well see much of my friends, like my school friends, throughout mm. my school to school time. But right then, <laughs> my mum didn't want me to go to school in Tottenham. Uh, was it bad then? And she was living. Or did in, she all, think it she was, was living bad in then? At the time. She was living in um, so I couldn't yeah. even get into the catchment. Um, but my nan basically lived in Woodford, and uh, yeah, they just basically told the schools that I lived with my nan, convinced <laughs> them that I lived there to get into the the, the school in the catchment area, which is you know, a nice school in in Chigwell. Yeah, um, so. It's a massive contrast to going to school in Tottenham, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was good because I, I had a a very contrast upbringing. So I was like, you know, I'm I in Essex with a lot of these privileged kids during the week and then I go back to the estate in Tottenham at the weekend. So I got to see both sides of yeah. the coin from very young, do you know what yeah. I mean? I got to see like, what well, it's like people that have kids that don't have, you know.
1: Yeah. Do you feel feel like that helped to shape massive? You? Oh, massively. Yeah.
0: Massively. Because i think for me it's just, it just gave me that ability to be able to be comfortable in in both kind of environments and settings you know what i mean like i'm comfortable in a room full of white guys mm. cockney guys posh guys whatever you know what i mean but then i'm comfortable around the and them as well mm. and yeah it's you know and it helps with my job because a lot of it's doing like networking and you know conducting client meetings client in, you know and yeah you have to be able to Conduct yourself in in certain ways and kind of mirror the person you're with mm. and go off their vibe. But you know, I've only been able to do that through being in so many different environments. Yeah, you know? mad. I
1: love that. I love that. I love that. What were you like in school? And I guess what was your favorite subject at school <laughs> at the time?
0: School, school. Do you know what's funny? It's cause yeah. Like in school, I was I was always smart in school, always in the top sets. Mm. But I just didn't really like. I just I just don't like authority, so Interesting. okay. For me, it was just like I was smart, do my work, but teachers can't chat to me. No one can <laughs> chat to me. Like I'm wearing trainers and what? Like I don't because I, 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 I'm not, I'm just that way inclined. I don't abide by rules. Mm. Like for me, it's just all constructs that are made up by society. It's like. Uh, I'll do what makes sense to me in it. Like if that's a no-entry sign, but I can walk through it just to get to my destination. I'm walking through it. Like, I don't care what the sign says because it's just made yeah. up. Do you know what I mean? So and schools like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People like school. They just set rules for no reason. Mm. You know, like why well, can't I wear black trainers? They look the same as my man wear his shoes. It's a
1: good point. Like yeah, what's that's the difference? A good point? Yeah, it's a, it is a good point <laughs> that you have to challenge. What what is what what is? Like, uh, how is
0: it affecting my learning? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. You know, so. Doesn't, right? That was a, that was a battle and then, there was, and then as well the entrepreneurial side in me came out during school so yeah, you know, I was that kid in year seven selling sweets in the playground. Okay. You know, so I used to get in trouble all the time because of that um, <laughs> but that was calm because my parents were in on it so. Yeah. Then, <laughs> they
1: were in on the... Yeah.
0: The... yeah like, like, <laughs> I mean, my dad, I think, I can't remember who took me to, to the shops first but like my parents were driving me to like Costco to, to, to do wholesale. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: so they're encouraging it to be honest i I, I hear that yeah i'd encourage that too
0: for an 11 year old i was making like 20 pound a day i was balling out yeah you are my pockets i wasn't even getting
1: five pound a week at
0: at the the end of like lunchtime yeah my pockets were heavy (laughs) (laughs) it was and it's mad because it it, it instilled something in me from early because days where i don't know it was just a quiet morning or a quiet lunchtime where i've still got sweets left over at lunchtime and I'll be fuming I'm like why have I not shifted my stock <laughs> mm. <laughs> or if my pockets aren't heavy enough by the end of the first break I'm just sitting in class just vex yeah you know so wow that, that real hustle that burning hustle that yeah. desire that's been there from earlier
1: where where did that come from though that that desire to because not every kid wants to mm. a, a lot of kids want to make like have money Do you know what but it is she's from be, a young
0: age here, yeah I've just wanted to get rich and I would probably say that's probably why I got into football in the first place Mm. It's because I just saw it as like the best way to become a millionaire was to be a footballer and probably like the quickest way, like you're going to be a millionaire at 21 Mm. as a footballer. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much why I went into football in the first place. Why do you want to become a millionaire though?
1: Like why? What was the, like the drive to one? Oh, do you know
0: what it is? Even from young, it's always been like my drive was always been to look after my family. Okay. So, and obviously now, the, the main reason why I do everything that I'm doing is is just so that I can make sure that everybody in my family are good. Do you know what I mean? like I don't want anyone in my family to even have to worry about money. Yeah. Like, you know, close and, you know, relatively extended. But you can only do that if you're wealthy, you know? Yeah. So that's what I want to do. I want to build some wealth and, and uh, let that spread in the family Yeah, and in... You know, because it only, only takes one person mm. and, you know, if I do it, I could then help someone else in my family with an opportunity, they could then do it and then, do you know what I mean? And it just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. Next thing you know, your whole like lineage is, is patterned. Yeah. It's true. It's you know? true. So that's that's what drives me because I I could easily just not work, like put myself through all the stress that I do with running businesses mm. and just focus on my career and work because you know, I've been earning good money throughout my career. Mm from a young age i could just do that and live yeah. comfortably thinking about myself yeah you know i've been living living comfortably but unsatisfied because i feel like i can you know do a lot more to help i love that i love that i love
1: that all right cool so okay so school happened you said that you wasn't <laughs> you didn't like authority but like when i guess did you end school on the high like did you get lots of GCSEs at the time not yeah, really like I mean no, but
0: like, I I loved school life yeah. school life was lit for me yeah. you know like, me playing in the school football team mm. like, and it's, it's, I was really blessed as well because the one thing that was able to keep me grounded being in an all white school mm. was the fact that for some reason and I don't know why but mm. like my core friends I've been friends with them from primary school mm-hmm. so it just so happened that the little black community that was in woodford at the time they all seemed to have kids at the same age same time so i had like a, a good like group of five or six other black boys in my year group in your school yeah
1: okay nice yeah, even like, though it was um, like mostly like, all white school so from primary school i got yeah. three
0: and then obviously extended in secondary school yeah and there was probably like a good seven or eight of us okay in my in my year mm. but then like in the other year groups there'll be like one or two Okay.
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just mad. Okay. It was just
0: abnormal wow. for, my, for my. I don't know how it happened like that. but yeah. It was a blessing because obviously we we were able just to keep each other. Yeah. Grounded, you know. There were there were some kids in the other years that you could just see they were just identity crisis. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mashing up their hair permanently so, <laughs> so they can do a comb over. I'm like, yeah, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Oof. Slick back. Yeah oh, man. Yeah the black age for that man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for that You comb it oh, so That's yeah, it man I'm We ain't doing here No here. permanent Nothing like that Nah <laughs> Oh man Did you Um, Did you So you, you talked about football Right So you did How long did you End up doing football for And I, I guess What,
0: what level do you get to Played up until 16 Okay Yeah 16 Um, Had experience At academies as well Um, Barnet and Tottenham Hmm and then Tottenham was the last one that I was at, at 16. And then, like, trialled for a few others after that. But I mushed up. It's going to sound cliche, mm. but I, 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 I done my knee in.
1: <laughs> I, I, I always uh, wonder, so, how like, do people do their knee I in? I told, what they do I, I, to I, I,
0: I tore my, my ligaments in my knee, right? And I, I, I remember it. From like, an actual I, plane. I literally remember it like yeah. it was yesterday, bro. Like It was so fucked because Harry Redknapp was watching the training session that day. Wow. So I was like, got an extra ham. And I remember it happening, my my studs got caught in the grass, I turned, but like, it's just, and the thing is, it's not like big moves, it's just a, such a slight movement, mm. but you don't even realise it, do you know what I mean? It's just like that little jerk. Mm. And then I didn't notice it, like my knee felt a bit weird when I was playing, I carried on and then literally I got home and I, I remember I was just literally sitting there playing PlayStation and my knee was bent, I think, yeah. And then I went to get up and then I couldn't move my leg. Can move it. So uh, I was literally in the physio room, and like I couldn't train. I was just literally going to training, just to go in the gym and do physio for about six, seven months, mm. and then it came to like this time when they were giving out scholarships and whatnot. Didn't get one. So obviously, like by the time I got playing again, I was mm. just like not even the same. Mm. I was just like my confidence. Obviously, when you haven't played for a long time, you're not as confident, yeah. out of the rhythm, fitness wasn't the same. As well as that, I think psychologically, I was then afraid to get hurt again. Okay. Right? So I weren't going into tackles and all, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Went, when, tried out a few other places after that, like Watford, Colchester, Orient, but just couldn't land anything. Mm. So then at that point, I was just like, you know what, like, fuck football, hate yeah. it. Didn't even like literally because I was broken by it. You know what yeah. I mean? When you work so hard for something yeah. for such a long period of time, and then it's just like, uh, then I went to six form and then just dropped football out for a while.
1: Mm. Gosh, <laughs> and that was it. Done football career. Uh, done. done. That's the thing about football. It's so it's so hard, and I feel like like it's such thin margin. Something like that could happen. But I feel like you need. I don't know. Like if you don't have that. I'm not talking about like family support. Like in terms of, of football support, they don't. They don't even care. They're like, look, you 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 make it or you don't make it. That's it for oh, them.
0: To, to be fair, my my mum was like that. She um she obviously was just more trying to hammer into me like mm. focus on school and stuff. Yeah. But throughout my childhood, my dad was my coach. You know, so he coached like all the Sunday league teams that I played for. Mm. And yeah, we like so actively involved in that side, driving up and down, up and down. Mm. So yeah, it was like a massive blow for him as well. And then I felt like I let him down. So mm. that's pretty much why I just was like, yeah, fuck football.
1: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, look, Look, sometimes, right, like you, you, you find other avenues to to do. Oh, yeah, it's man. not the only it's, one. Know,
0: it's, it's, it's like making it in football is such a small percentage. Yeah, you know I mean, and even even when you when you think you've made it, you still haven't. And football's football's so harsh yeah, because they'll rob you of like those early years in your life where you yeah. could like put energy elsewhere and yeah. and it could set you up for the rest of your life. Yeah, but then they'll just like you know have you in the system, and then. You know, if you're just not good enough, Mm. discarded. Yeah, and then now you're just you're just there as like a 24 year old, yeah, 25 year old. You know, you've had like because it happens, bro. Like in in the team that I played in at at Tottenham, yeah, one one player Mm. made it to the prem, like actually played. His name's Kevin Stewart. And he played for Liverpool, actually. But even, even for him, like he's had injuries, things playing in the Championship now. Mm. But you, you think like when you're at Tottenham and, and you're young and you just getting sold that dream, you just think like, yeah, I'm gonna make it to the first team, or if not, I'll at least be playing Prem. With you know what I mean? But mm. it's such a small percentage that even make it to the Prem. Yeah. Crazy, it's tough, man. It's Crazy, it's, it's and, and a lot tough, of them. Yeah. So, like you know, mm. you imagine this: you get a scholarship, mm. boom, cool. And by that point, you think you like, you think you're the man. Mm. You know what I mean, get a pro contract, mm. that's it, job done. You if know your, what I mean? Your
1: but head is turning. Done, right? Yeah. So, but
0: the clubs offer like one year pro, two year pro, cool. But after those two years are up, it's like. Like they'll send you out on loan da-da-da. if you mm. impress on loan they'll keep you for longer etc mm. etc but then for the majority of guys once done. they're, they're two years pros done
1: yeah. they're out or, they're probably blowing their money on then, crazy stuff
0: but then, then cool they'll go and sign yeah. for maybe a league one or league yeah. one side at that point So you know I mean if they do well they can work their way back up majority of the time they'll play league one drop down to league two mm. You've got to really love it then. then and then at the league majority of times conference <laughs> It's that's crazy. A lot of guys. Yeah. It's peak, man.
1: Yeah. It's really peak. And
0: even playing in football in the lower leagues yeah. is not even as like it's not as secure as playing, you know, mm. premiership and for the most part championship. Yeah. It's not the same level of like glamour and security. Because mm. all it takes is like one injury and then Yeah, and then that's
1: it, you're done. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. So okay, so did you end up going to to, to university? No. Or? Or doing other girls.
0: Yeah. So basically, when I um when I left sixth form, uh, I was going to go to uni, and I was I was going to go and do post production mm. at, at at university. Um, I had offers at Ravensbourne and I think Southampton. So I was going to go to either one of those two, but then. Someone just spoke to me about broking, like, I don't know who it was, but I heard someone talking about it in the comment mm. room or saying, but they were talking about this website called juniorbroker.com. And uh, like, so I went on it that evening and then literally it was just all like job ads saying like, you know, start tomorrow, you earn 100 grand, 200 grand in your first <laughs> sure. year, Rolex watches, holidays, all that kind of Mad. stuff. Yeah, it's like just nonsense. But obviously 17 year old kids, mm-hmm. like, what? Fuck you, dude! Yeah, yeah I'm going to do that.
1: my hundred k right now. <laughs> what going kind <of> to
0: you anymore? <laughs> so I, just, I deferred my placements and I went into it. But little did I know, like, it wasn't what I'm like anything like what I'm doing now. It was just more like uh, just tell yourselves, But you know, you're trying to shift dodgy investments, mm. basically. And a lot of these places popped up in the city, like yeah. between like I think it was like 2000 and 2012. it's that like, they they had it off because yeah. it was like. It started up, it's all based on like Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, kind of stuff, do you know what I mean, there was a period where all that kind of thing happened, but like people weren't really too aware of, of it, okay, so a lot all of people regulations getting, and all this a stuff lot came people in. were getting yeah. duped okay. so easily um and then people were making a lot of money out of it, like one the company I worked for, the guy that ran it was twenty five and he, he had lot like, fifteen guys, twenty guys working there, wow, and you know what I mean the the like. His friends basically, the older guys that were working there. I mean, and they were probably, I say older, they were like 23, 24. I was like 17, mm. 18. Mm. But even though they were making mad peas, I remember. I remember like wow. coming to the office a tailor like, just like, totally in a suit, two grand, bang, just spending, just <laughs> <mad, laughs> cr- cr- spending, spending crazy mad money. crazy. The culture but, must have been but, wild but, too. It, but it's because, it's because, yeah. it's cause, like, mm. You know, any job that says you can keep 10% commission of what you bring in, you know that something's wrong. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like anything you brought in, you got to keep like 10%. The the senior guys kept 20%. Mm. Like, hold on a minute. How does that even make sense? Mm. Because it's just, you know, they were buying investments really cheap and then just selling them expensive, basically.
1: Selling it to the people that you were bringing in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn well so be, was it kind of like, like kind of scamming
0: people yeah it's like carbon credits okay um so they'll, I don't even know if they even bought like actually bought the credits you know what I mean they yeah. yes, said they did but you know That's the wild. credits were probably worth like 50 cents or 30 cents on on the exchange because they're, yeah. they're tradable um they're actually tradable on, ex- on exchanges on mm. the ECX so they were trading at like 30 cents and mm. i remember when we were selling them for like 10 pounds 15 pounds okay Wow! Per, per, like per credit, that like, that's ridiculous. Oh markup, to
1: people I mean, that didn't know better,
0: they had no idea. Yeah, wow. and, and obviously as a seventeen-year-old kid, I had yeah. no idea either. Do you yeah. Know what I mean? like, yeah, I just got I got sold a dream. Yeah, like everyone else. it yeah. I was only like as a few months went went on, and I started to actually like do a bit of research into what's yeah. going on and the actual jobs I wanted to get involved in in the city. Then yeah. I, and then I found out like, oh, this is what the spot price means so this is mm. this is the actual true value of what we're selling oh shit oh, God. Like, okay let me get out of here
1: oh damn um, yeah before you before you get <laughs> caught up in some madness crazy you want to go legit um, and then and then somebody's trying to yeah, pull you
0: fool yeah. <laughs> you back that's crazy so then um, so then I just so then by that point I'd figured out kind Of where I needed to go, mm. um, then I moved from that company to a uh, stockbroker's, but this again was more like it was just like another telesales role. Mm. Um, but instead of shifting dodgy investments, it was still pretty dodgy to be honest, but it was regulated at least. Okay, because basically, it's Great. like you, you call people up, offer them like you, like it's people that you know they have like an IG or a spread betting account or something mm. like that. Do you know what I mean? You know they, they're inter- interested in spread betting, so you call them up and say, Oh, do you need advice? Da, 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 da. And then you have like the actual the guys that were the brokers. you just pass the person onto them mm. and then they'll give them trading tips and execute it for them as well. but mm. even that model was stupid because like again there was never they were never trying to make anyone money like if they made if the client made money, it was great but if i'm get, if the broker's getting paid commission when you on you op when you open the trade mm. and commission when he closes the trade. Mm. So his incentive is to open and close as many trades okay, as possible. Okay. That's <laughs> you know so I mean? messed up. Now, yeah, obviously, if you, you know, you keep money in the account yeah. and you make your money, you're going to yeah. keep opening and closing more trades. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But a lot of these guys were fucking idiots and they were okay. just like burning three people's money. <sighs> guy put five grand on, his in a week gone. Like, Seriously? Yeah, he should do this, do that, do this, do that. Oh my oh, yeah, God. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucked but at least at least those guys they had their eyes open Yeah, I mean they know the risk they know okay, what they they get into. That. they're saying yeah. yes to every trade so okay. you know it's their own greed that's their own downfall <laughs> I mean they probably <laughs> like, they deserve losing their peas as yeah.
1: well <laughs> most people are greedy though when it comes <laughs> to their own but, greed yeah. <laughs>
0: it's taking random stock tips you know it's <laughs> mad but then even that, so I, I did that um, for for a few months as well. Yeah. But then I was just like, I don't, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to spend my time just cold calling people. That's, yeah. So I did a lot of research into um, uh, Instillate Broken. Mm. So I went to get involved in the institutional side of things. Yeah. And that's when I, I discovered, okay, that's the lane I want to get into. And it's very niche. There are only like five or six companies that, that actually do what we do. hmm so I just kept sending my CV off to all of them, basically, yeah. and I just sent sent my CV off to them like every week for about six months. I swear out. six companies, yeah. Every week every, six every Monday, That's crazy. every Monday, every single Monday. It was like a routine until somebody answered. Getting to work, sending CVs yeah. every Monday, and then uh, I got one answer. It's from uh, one of the bigger biggest firms, and I had like a interview there two interviews and then spent a day on the desk. Didn't get that job. It's like, cool. And then I think a few weeks later, got another call back from another firm and had two interviews there and like an aptitude test. And then yeah, got the job. Okay. That, was, that
1: Wow! Was, yeah, and have you been at the same place ever since?
0: No, so I, I was at that firm for a year, and then moved to the firm I'm at now. Okay, and cool. I've been at that firm, at that firm for nine years. So okay, cool. Ten years, and,
1: and did you start like de- like trading straight away? When so you So I, I, I joined
0: their uh, graduate program. Okay, um, but a part of a part of their like graduate trainee program. Mm-hmm. Day, you have like a mixture of like non grads just to you know spice things up a bit, yeah. Because you need to have a mixture of per, like personality types, yeah, in, in this industry. You can't have everybody that's gone to the same university, or yeah, do you, know what I mean? you need to have people that have different things about them. So, yeah, started off, but it's like it's proper, it was like hazing, like old school hazing, you know, what I mean, like on my things, like my first or second day, they were like, right, go to the pub, see how many pints you can drink, cool, Drink five pints, go back to the office. No, you gotta try and like book our trade tickets. And really?
1: Like, <laughs> so what? Like, it's that, that's that punishment, man.
0: It's just that they want to see if you can handle it. But handle what? For amusement, but and and as well it's like a lot of things. Mm. That, you know, so obviously you gotta get like everyone's breakfast and lunch in the morning. Seriously, um,
1: that's that's they make you do that.
0: Yeah, um, and I remember they like, but they try and test it, like improve your memory basically. Mm. So, in this job, you need good memory. So mm. they'll say, okay take everyone's lunch order you know that's right down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this sounds ridiculous like that, yeah. man and demeaning a little bit um,
0: yeah I mean being a junior or a trainee in any kind of financial institution is, yeah. is demeaning and to be fair I'd probably saying in a lot of places where you have like trainees like yeah immediate like that as well like you had their runners yeah, that's true and all the runners have got yeah. got do all the demeaning shit it's true
1: Get the coffee, get the tea, kind of stuff. Yeah, so go over to the thing and go and get my suit I and think it's all that.
0: any kind of industry where yeah. there's like an actual carrot that you can dangle. Yeah. So like in the media, it's probably like, you know, there is a big carrot that's mm. dangled, but obviously it's a small amount of people can mm. get that. Yeah, the
1: director and stuff do like know that. What I mean, yeah, there's yeah. big
0: pay and important roles. Yeah. majority of roles in that space are not very high paid. Mm. So, you know, that's what would drive someone to just suck it up and get on with it because it's wild man. That. and it's the same in this industry as well obviously you know if you can get through the fire that you have to go through as a mm. trainee and get through the other end and and make a career for yourself then yeah you know you're in a great position yeah to really set yourself up for life
1: that's crazy man yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about that hazing that hazing stuff is wild and it's so I'm glad that that's being like that's being phased out man that it, it's
0: of, massively getting phased out now yeah. especially it's just because Every every corporation is super woke now, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> mad. Um, <woke. laughs> so like you know, nicknames were like such a huge thing in, mm. in this industry, but now it's like HR will be like you're not allowed to give people nicknames, you're not allowed to do this, you're not to do that. Obviously, the, the, the juniors still have to go out and get everyone's lunch just mm. because it's the nature of the job. We can't get off the desk, you know. We don't have lunch breaks. You know, it's, it's just literally someone brings you lunch, you have to eat on your desk mm. because. You know, it's very sporadic and things happen randomly at random times. So yeah. You need to just always be there because you mm-hmm. don't know when something's going to happen, when you yeah. someone's going to inquire to get a trade done.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, so beer gang members, at what point did that happen? What was the, like, motivation?
0: So that wasn't my first business. I started yeah. I started a gym wear company back yeah. in 2015. Mm. And it's Women's Gym Wear. And it's basically like us. <clears throat> it was just during that time where the whole, Instagram obviously first started just Mm -hmm. in 2012. So Instagram had been around for a few years. And obviously I saw the influencer trend start taking off.
1: Mm.
0: And I thought to myself, so if I could just create a product and get someone famous to wear it, then I can make loads of sales. (laughs) Okay. Simple as that. Simple, isn't it? (laughs) And then at the time, obviously I was massively into the gym, a lot more so back then than I am now just because I don't have as much time but mm. I thought okay gym wear I mm. thought women's gym will be good to make because they're obviously the ones that can like that buy gym clothes yeah because like, I thought you know when I go to the gym I don't even think about what I'm going to wear I just wear whatever mm. girls think about it yeah and I s gym shark had just started off as well at the time okay. um similar times they just started to like get a bit bigger so I was like, "Yeah, let's do what they're doing." Spent what little money I had on getting the stock and the samples. It's so expensive, man! Mm. Like, people don't even realize how you
1: got, much. Like, yeah, how much was you putting into <clears> it?
0: Like, it cost five grand just to get sample, get, just to get a sample.
1: What, like, how many of hundred or no one?
0: One, one sample, because I got like I got like one actual, like proper one made. One product for five grand. <laughs> that don't make no sense. But yeah, like by the time I got like the designs made, the toils. The labour, getting it done. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it costs a lot. But cool. yeah, I started that, ran that for a little while, but I didn't realise, like, I didn't know anything about marketing right then. That was mm. the issue. So I had the products, didn't know how to market them. And I didn't realise how much money needed to go into something mm. to get it to grow. So I was like, okay, try to keep, do it organically. and But it was just hard to do and also progressing my career because i was still mm. fairly junior at the time as well mm. you know what i mean i was like young so i just put that to the side forgot about it focused on my career mm. um progressed in my career and then when i got to the point where i had a lot more disposable money i was like right i want to start another business mm. didn't know what i wanted to do but i wanted to start something else up yeah and then i, remember I was just listening to a podcast and the guy just said like think of one thing that you would use every day that you don't have, and I was like, "Well, I don't have a beard, oil. I don't have any beard products." Because at the time, I was just growing my beard out, and mm. I was looking for products to use. So I was like Boots or the supermarkets, but obviously, all of the mainstream products are catered for uh, like European hair. Mm. So I was trying different ones, and none of like they just all dried out my beard and my hair. Like none of them helped; it just mm. made it worse. Um, so I ended up just using just coconut oil from the supermarket okay <laughs> do you know what i mean okay um so i was like, I don't have anything specific to you so i was like cool let me do that mm. and then it was literally the end of 2019 um so like november december mm. i was like starting it up and then it's really got got going in the start of covid 2020.
1: okay that's when it blew up
0: that's when yeah because okay. obviously during that time it was just a good time for e commerce anyway, because everybody was at home. Yeah. Everybody's spending more time on social media. Yeah. So they're more susceptible to marketing. Yeah. Everyone just got COVID payments, so mm. everyone's got a bit more money to, 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 to splash out spending. On. and yeah. you know, so it was good. And that helped sort of fuel the growth of the brand. And mm. I invested a lot at the beginning mm. into understanding marketing. You know, I spent ten grand on a on a marketing course.
1: Seriously? Yeah. Wow. It
0: was a three month three month course. Mm. Um, and it just covered everything digital marketing, mm. uh, psychology behind marketing, mm-hmm. Facebook ads, Instagram ads, like mm-hmm. understanding the Facebook ads manager, right? Mm. Understanding how that works, understanding the metrics, understanding how to use it. Like, it's such an important thing to understand if you're running an e commerce business because mm. it's such an important tool. But, you know, most people don't understand. But most people don't even know there is an actual platform mm-hmm. like an ads manager platform do you know mm-hmm. what i mean most people think it's just the boost button yeah on instagram yeah you know so understanding that is a big thing and then yeah i just i had a sort of a vision a plan of where i want to take it and i just mm-hmm. sort of went through it
1: yeah do you feel like that like doing that course helped you helped you massively
0: massively yeah, yeah. Um, but not only that so i was actually running two courses concurrently um mm. i was doing that and also like more of a general business course mm. like running a business um, which came about because i went to a uh, business conference when i first started the brand so yeah. i hadn't even like started trading online or anything really mm. at this point and i went and uh, set up like a store uh a business events put on by Cornerstone Partners, mm-hmm. like a venture capital firm. Yeah, and they were basically having a an accelerator day where mm-hmm. they had like brands come on stage yeah. and pitch their brand in front mm-hmm. of an auditorium of I people. Like that. So I went on there basically, like applied, got it, went on there, and it was great because we spent that like, majority of the day in the morning mm-hmm. like, on the stand, like selling products, mm-hmm. speaking to all the people and, at the event. So by the time I went on stage, literally everybody knew me because <laughs> I'd spoken to literally everybody there. Oh, cause there were, okay, there were no sort of independent black like men's grooming brands mm. really at the time mm. do you know what i mean like there were a lot more popped up since but no one was really doing it mm-hmm. so everybody at the event was just like oh this is not new and interesting really good day there sold a lot and then by the time i got on stage so sort of, it was it was good it felt familiar and i was pretty much just saying what i'd been saying to all the customers all throughout okay. the day do you know what i mean just the same spiel yeah did the whole presentation um didn't get the uh the the grand prize which was mm. investment um but they gave me uh, a place on their business course okay that's good though yeah. you got something out of yeah, it yeah no it's good it's really good that's
1: crazy how how much did you i guess need to launch your first product what was what was your first product like the hemp hemp so beard it's just
0: the one oil on the comb yeah okay. sweet mary J. That okay. was the original That's what it was
1: called Yeah I like that That's a cool Sweet name Sweetberry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Mary J. how J How much did you Did you have to create A sample I guess what was that process like Like was you creating A sample yourself Did you get somebody else Yes Someone else well, to do it You
0: know what it was So where I was, I was experimenting So much with oils mm. By myself anyway mm. What I would do is just I was getting different oils I knew I wanted to use hemp oil mm. So I was just But obviously I didn't just I didn't, I didn't have the hemp oil but I was just getting different types of oils that I would want in it, putting them together, seeing how it felt, and then contacted a manufacturer that sourced hemp seed oil. Mm. Um, Got them to add it, sent it back to to me, and then I just went through just a trial and error process basically of this, this, and this. No, that doesn't feel right. This, this, this this together. No, take some of this out, put more of this in. And then, um, obviously, but they obviously give me like a framework that I can work within. Um, and then yeah, once I got like the, that, the perfect blend and I was like, yeah. And Sweet Mary J, the original oil, I literally designed it specifically for my beard. So mm. anyone watching, if you've got a thick beard like this, Sweet Mary J is what you need because okay. it's, it's the main, like it's incredible what it does, mm. it really is. It, it has such a thick uh, consistency and mm. I knew I wanted something that, would be thick because my hair is so thick mm. and whenever i'd use an oil that was light in, in in texture and consistency my beard would just dry out very okay. quickly you know it would, the moisture would last for about a few hours and then yeah. it's back to just feeling crispy again okay so i needed something that was going to just sit on my beard and just absorb slowly yeah. throughout the day and that's what sweet mary j does okay um, so that's pretty much what i use most days but then from then i then developed variations of different oils mm. that have the same effect which mm. surprised me because i thought to achieve the, the level of uh, moisture in my beard mm. that i needed i would need to use a thick oil yeah but just like the skin cream what i wanted was something that was also lightweight that would have yeah. the same effect yeah so i went through the process again and again and again found the right combinations and have managed to recreate it with Caribbean Dream and Coconut Gold. Mm. And they're both lightweight oils, mm. but it has the same level of moisture and absorption as Sweet Mary J. It's, okay. it's it's crazy.
1: That's crazy. I, I love it. I love the way you talk with passion <laughs> about your uh, about your Honestly, it's because
0: uh, it's, it's it's I, I was solving problems that I had. Yeah. You know? So it was just nice to see that the problems that I had, mm-hmm. other people also had the same issues and yeah. I was able to solve the same their issues as well. Yeah.
1: How many how many products in total do you know that you've sold yourself?
0: Probably around around 40 to 50,000. That's a lot of products, units, yeah, that you've moved.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's that's impressive. And do you feel like you've you talked a lot? It's probably a bit more. There's a bit more than that. That's a lot of product. And you you talked about marketing, right? As well. Like I guess how do you how did you get to that level of growth do you feel
0: well the thing is like having having a great career and and being able to you know earn good money that helps massively and i say this i say this to anybody that's starting a business is you know you got to make sure that you have sufficient income to be able to fund your business because Businesses don't grow for free, you know. Some do, you know, if you've got like the right kind of, you know, hype within teen that teen space or, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you can make something viral in that space, and their kids will just carry it for you, like as you see me for like Cortez. But mm. for the majority of people starting brands, it don't happen like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and those those cases are very rare where you can get that that cult following. But that sort of only originates with the youth. So, you know, if you can do it that way, somehow, great. But for the majority of people that are going to start up a business, you need to have funding. So whether you need to be funding it through personal income or seeking uh, investment from from elsewhere mm. but you need to fund it somehow so to get it off the ground obviously i injected a lot of capital mm. into the business in terms of mm. marketing to get it off the ground but then the beauty of it was is that you know i was running the business bootstrapped so you know i've put in an initial amount to get it going but <laughs> what what was great at the time was that i was spending a lot but the money was coming back so okay. Spending I was to able, get so back, I was able yeah. just to keep spending, you yeah. know, because it just keep coming back. And that was good because, you know, into, when, you, when you're trying to grow a business very quickly, you're going to encounter losses, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I don't mind spending a hundred grand mm. making 95 mm. if it means that that's then going to lead to long-term customer value in year two, three, four, or five. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, So for me, my initial outset was just spend big initially, get like pay to acquire customers. That's essentially what you're doing with ads, right? You're paying to acquire customers. I was like, I want to pay to acquire as many customers as I can. Hopefully it doesn't bankrupt me doing so. But the main thing is getting my product in as many homes as possible. Mm -hmm. That that, That was my goal from the outset. Get it in as many homes as possible let as many people try as possible because I have so much confidence in the products that I know mm. that once you use it once and you get into a routine using it yeah. you're coming back for more yeah and that's it you're going to be a yeah. subscriber yeah. do you know what I mean like because okay. it's one of those things most so many so many guys don't have like a grooming routine mm. right like, a majority of men kind of just get up shower yeah I just, don't. <laughs> exactly just, just go that's leave, it like, yeah <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But like when you get into a consistent routine and you actually see like a benefit, you know, like the condition of your head, your beard is like much healthier, it's softer, it's right. shining, you have people are complimenting your beard, girls mm. are saying, Oh, your beard looks nice. <laughs> yeah. Best believe you're you're gonna keep up that routine. You know, and when you when you're the oil's running low, you're thinking, Ah, stress. My dad, my dad like he'll cool me up and he'll just be stressing out because he's run out of oil. <laughs> He's like I, I, I don't know what to do like he says he feels naked now without it and he's someone that never used to look after his yeah look after his beard he never even used to, he never even grew a beard purely because of that reason mm. he was always someone that was clean shaven mm. and he only grew a beard when i started started beard gang yeah and then he got into a routine now it's just like you know once you get into that routine and you're using it yeah i love that you can't, you can't stop
1: i love that and that's the thing is about trying to get people is trying to get people into yeah. that routine because, like you said, they exactly. just, exactly. just there. Exactly,
0: I'd say the 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 biggest uh, campaign that made the greatest impact was the uh, TFL campaign that I had in twenty one twenty twenty one, and it, that for me was just a way I knew that I wanted to separate because I saw like a load of new brands starting up, yeah, trying it as well. So I thought, let me separate myself from those other online brands and make people think that you know this is actually a real tangible business not just mm-hmm. like some some quick startup yeah. thing that's just you know popped up two seconds ago Cause, you know when generally speaking when people see adverts on buses or on mm-hmm. like underground they think it's a established oh yeah she thing. did an actual advert yeah so oh, I, I had 60 buses and my ad was running on 60 buses yeah and that that went on for about seven months seriously yeah it was supposed it was literally supposed to be um and i timed it to perfection as well like Mm. this was just one of those things where it was just like a blessing because i found out who i needed to contact i was in talks with them for a while and they were quoting me like 75 grand (laughs) right for for 60 buses for for a month (laughs) yeah i was like cool safe and then it was only like as COVID was like got deeper, deeper and deeper, and lockdowns were like extended. Contacted them again, and they were like, "Yeah, we can, you know, we we reduce the prices now." Um, and they quoted me twenty five grand. And I was like, "Okay." So I just I just left it there for a while, and then I waited until like I could kind of sense that we were going to come out of lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I fired them back up again. I was like, "Is that quote still good?" They were like, "Yeah, like, cool." And waited, 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 and then they contacted me saying, "Like you need to, like you need to sign on this this contract tour, with the prices, you know, subject to change." Mm-hmm. And I feel like they probably could sense that we we're going to be coming out of lockdown soon, as well as so activity will pick up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, locked it in, and then literally the next day, Boris announced that lockdown restrictions were ending, God. and obviously everybody was back outside, like busier than ever. Do you know what I mean? And I just had these buses just all through central just like one after the other after the other after the other and especially at the time obviously the majority of businesses pulled back from outdoor marketing Mm -hmm. so obviously a lot of buses were empty Mm. so there were not many adverts floating about do you know what I mean but my one was so that is that had a huge impact on the brand wow I love stuff like that brand perception I love stuff Um, like that and then from there from there I've just now like focused on like billboards in key locations you know because you know it builds brand loyalty brand trust and mm. when people see it in real life it's, it's a different kind of connection than when it's online you know yeah in a digital era you can't discount the old school ways of mm. doing things and you know like brick and water brick and mortar billboards it's those kind of things that mm. you know, that's people have been doing that from the beginning of time yeah
1: I love that man I love that I love stories like that I love stories like that So you talked about like You know Expanding to music I saw expansion into clothing What was it what, what was the reason for like Saying okay Cool I'm now doing good on the product side I'm now gonna Expand into like Starting my own record
0: label So uh, my granddad was actually A massive influence He um He started a record or oh, He ran a record label For the majority of his life mm-hmm. He actually produced One of Dennis Brown's albums okay. on, on his label Wow. Yeah, so it was it was actually him like talking me through that whole side of things, um, and and he, he had, like set like showing me the you know the plumbing behind like ease this that and any other etc. And like, it just something sparked in my head, and I was like, yeah. I want to try and get involved in music, but didn't really have a direction on it. Um, and mm-hmm. it was only when my boy uh, went to jail, mm-hmm. and I was like, something just Twigged in my head And I was like Hold on a minute Like This ain't right He's an extremely talented rapper He should not be in there As soon as he comes out We're doing this Mm. And I called him When he was in prison And I said to him Bro Like You need something Like legitimate And constructive to do When you come out Otherwise Mm -hmm. you're gonna End up in there again You don't want that Right So I was like look this is you know because you, he was in jail the, the whole time I started Big Gang so he didn't really know what was going he didn't know anything about it mm. imagine the no, first time he <clears throat> found out about my brand
1: mm.
0: was from reading the GQ mag in, in his cell that's crazy because um, I managed to get it on GQ like pretty early in the first six months mm. um, and I had like consistent run over like six or seven different uh, magazine covers wow and yeah he saw it in there and he was like okay yeah Right, I see what you're doing. Say no more. He came out, hit the studio, and we just ain't stopped since really. That's
1: insane. <laughs> we ain't mad. Stopped. Yeah. mad, 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 mad. So how many artists have you got on it's just it's
0: just it's, it's just uh, A one Rico.
1: Okay, so one one album out yet?
0: No, nah, so Welcome, well, we, we literally so we we started we literally started March last year
1: okay so you started last year how are how you finding
0: um it? and it's been it's been incredible man yeah honestly we've made so much music our catalog yeah. is so deep yeah so deep like we've got about three or four mixtapes worth of songs okay like ready to go cool you know and i love the sound of that and every song that we've released so far has been yeah. received very well okay very well and you know for me it was about especially coming into the music game in your mm-hmm. late 20s like you know i want to marketing and perception is such a big thing you know mm. so it's like for me it was more of how do i enter him into a scene and make people believe that he is a dope rapper now yeah they're gonna hear it they're gonna see it but like they also need to believe it because especially in today's generation mm. like people like they only believe something's good when they're told that it's good yeah
1: you know, 100% you know And I all mean? Everybody's talking about uh, it. Have you heard about yeah, this Everyone's talking about it. Yeah, exactly That's the only time And that's time when people,
0: people, oh, okay, cool, cool. So You know yeah. Like And a lot of the time So you You know A lot of rappers will Blow up because of clout mm. Right And And events that happen And they'll capitalize on it For example yeah. you Look at Heady One mm. He was very much Underground rapper Until That whole uni incident In yeah. 2018 And then he released No better off the back of that And mm-hmm. the song blew up Do you yeah. know what I mean But that was all based around drama, Mm. based around beef, this, that, and the other. So there was a whole entertainment factor behind it, which fueled that growth. Whereas like, when you're just bringing an artist into the scene that nobody's heard of, no one knows, there's no backstory, there's no nothing, you're not affiliated to no gangs. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's very difficult. Mm. Um, So I had to really kind of think of of it as like, what would a big label do? Mm. And I've just kind of tried to, Followed the same kind of paths That they would take To Create an artist Yeah Because like an artist is a brand essentially Mm. So you're creating a brand Which is a a human being Yeah (laughs) Based around the sound yeah. that he's producing, mm-hmm. you know, so it obviously it's just, it massively helps that he's incredibly talented yeah. and the music is ridiculously good and yeah. like he, he doesn't know how to make a bad song Okay, Gen- well, hey, I love that. And, and his talent level is increasing like at a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. Like it's scary, man. Like yeah. I'm in the booth with him, yeah. And I'm literally like, I'm genuinely witnessing greatness, mm-hmm. like live and direct because he's insane. When we first started, obviously like he would come prepared with like his bars written, da, da, da. Knock it out, cool. But over time, he's now developed the skill to just go in the booth mm. and just freestyle the whole thing. yeah And the last two songs, actually, no, the last tune we dropped, Done by Noon, that was a complete freestyle. Mm. And then since then, we've recorded about f- three or four more songs. Wow. Just exactly the same way, just in the booth, in there together, just vibes in with the beat. And like, like I'm, I'm there thinking as well, like trying to think of like bars. Da-da-da. Yeah. And then he just comes out with something. And I'm like, rah.
1: Yeah. Man, I love that. Creativity. I didn't
0: see that coming. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause like I'm, I'll be thinking, yeah. you know, he, he might start it off and I'm thinking like along the, his rhyming pattern. Yeah. And then in my head, I'm thinking he should be like following it up in the same pattern but then he'll just change the direction switch the flow and switch the rhyming pattern. And you that's don't even see art. it coming. It's he's, he's incredible, man. It's a great like, musician. It's, it's scary.
1: And I think what's so good about it is that you are at a time where like, you can be a bit more independent. You've got the YouTube, you've got the TikToks, you've got the Instagram where you can like become oh, yeah, viral. Like, all, all, so like
0: all record labels are, yeah, record labels are just banks with connections. Yeah. That's all they are. Yeah. And then they've got, you know, t- teams of people that specialise in certain areas mm. to create the product, which is the music. So you can very much do that yourself. Yeah. But you just need the money. Yeah. And the connections. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I had like all the marketing, this mm. designs, all that kind of stuff. Like I can handle all of that, you know. But then obviously the money side of things, that's when things get a bit mm. more tricky because... Or making music is not cheap. Yeah, I know. No, it's not definitely high a high quality
1: one as well. It's definitely
0: pay to play. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, just the process, getting music videos done, mm. booking stuff, locations, paintings that, like it, it really adds up. Mm. It is mad. Yeah. And I didn't even know how, how, how expensive it would be until when I started that. into it, until I got into it. And now you're deep into it. Yeah. It's like, you know, you want to create something great. Like every project, you want to create the best projects you can make. Mm. So, naturally you're going to spend as much as you possibly can yeah to create each thing so yeah it it, it does add up it does add up that's crazy so that's that's why for now i'm just like because we've got i've got so many other artists that are the door. they've seen what i'm doing with rico and, yeah you know going from a standing still position to you know having numerous numerous radio djs play our songs on the radio yeah. you know show love mm. get invited to to shows in, you know in barcelona yeah performed on New Year's Eve Mm. we just went to Finland last month wow Um, you know recorded two music videos out there he had a podcast appearance Mm. for like a music podcast out there and performed as well that's amazing we're making a lot of good progress Mm. you know Spotify monthly listeners you know we've got a good listener base Yeah, that's growing at a really good rate so yeah like people are really locked into our music Um, and because of the quality because the quality is so high Mm. but it's just like you know that that one spark that just gets mm. everyone talking. And yeah, majority a lot of the time that that one spark that gets everyone talking mm. for an artist mm. is not even about the music. You know, mm. it might be like a whole outside separate situation mm. that gets everyone talking about them. Yeah, then they go and pay attention to the music. Yeah. You know, it's it's backwards. <laughs> it's so backwards because you you just think right, you just make good music, everyone's mm. gonna want to listen, but. People again, like I said before, need to be given a reason to listen to you. Yeah. So whether it's because someone else is saying it that's reputable, or whatever, that's why like, I do a lot of marketing with the blogs, right? Mm. Because if the blog has presence and people will, you know, respect what the, you know, the admin is saying in the captions, mm. then that gives them at least a reason to listen. Yeah. And check you out. Yeah. And then, you know, from there it's the, down to the music and, and the visuals to, to, to captivate them. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's tough, but man, it's, I love it though. It's enjoyable. I love
1: that. I love that. I love that. And like I said, you're, you're definitely definitely doing it at the right time, I guess. What's the overall vision for like what you're doing now with Rico? What are you, what are you trying to get to with him?
0: Trying to take him to the top. Really to the top, top yeah. Very, very, they're very top. We said you will see Stormzy and that, <laughs> and Dave. Honestly, I f- like he's he's a better rapper than them. And like, like, that's like, the thing
1: about the music industry. Like, though. Okay, like Dave, it's not about Dave. Who's... Dave, like, I'll, I'll, I'll put, Dave. i is good. Yeah, I'll put
0: Dave in his own in his own pocket. Like, like he's up, he's up there. Okay, like, he's up there. Like, like he he's like legitimately up there with the likes of Dave, Port on mm-hmm. Paper, Young yeah. you know Yeah, I mean, they're, like they're the rappers that I'd put in his category. Genuinely like he's he's that good but again no one knows him yeah so you try and tell you try and tell people they say like well who is he who are you you've only been around for credibility in it no credibility yeah we ain't got the credibility yet so you know but that comes with time that comes with consistency that comes with you know Mm. consistently put out good projects good music eventually people have to pay attention they have to yeah. listen you know you knock on the door long enough and consistently enough then they have to take you in that's that's how we're playing it right now we've we've got enough music to do it though that's okay. the thing you know we recorded so much and we're still recording every time we go to yeah. the studio he comes out with another one or two tracks okay as well so keep it pushing. you know for every one song we put out yeah. By the time we like, want to put out the next one, we've already made like five or six. Wow. So, you know, we've got the ammo. Okay. We've got the ammo. We're going to just keep, keep pumping music out there and just yeah. keep getting the sound out there. And, yeah. you know, it, we're, we're already starting to get, you know, our props. we when only released seven songs. So, mm-hmm. you know, wow, things are looking good.
1: I love that. I love that. So I had this question, right? Because like, you know, selling products as well is is tough, right? making and selling it so if someone i guess wanted to sell a product business today in 2023 and wanted to grow it to about like six seven figures what would your advice to them
0: be don't, <laughs> don't. honestly like if you if you're gen, if you're prepared to not have a life to be stressed all the time like fine but honestly like just don't bother <laughs> genuinely bro like when i was like when I was, when I first started the business, right, and I was trying to, like, I was doing all the distribution myself. I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning, packaging everyone's products up, putting them all in this, this big Royal Mail sack, carrying that into work. know, like, everyone's looking at me laughing like, what's this guy doing? Yeah, like I'm walking across the trading floor with a massive sack like Santa Claus. And then like going out to the post office, doing that every day. Are you sure? That's the, like, honestly, because... It's, it's a side to starting a business that people don't understand. They think that it's it's glitz and glamour, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm a CEO, I'm an entrepreneur. Da, da, da. I'll just start a business, and just start selling products. Like, yeah, you can just start a business, start selling products. But if you actually want to do it properly, it's gonna cost you a lot of time. It's gonna cause you a lot of stress. You're gonna run into a lot of issues that average person just go into their job and going home. They're not they're not encountering. You know, you know, I've had crazy issues with like warehouse losing stock you know my distribution center once lost like all of my bid washes i had sold loads and i was like hold a minute people were telling me they're not getting it like these in their bundle orders oh they lost like 700 units where is it, it vanished apparently disappeared and then now i'm in a whole beef with them for months it's over compensation i've got angry customers i'm missing out it's like do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. And when you're doing that All within like The constraints of Like Trying to live mm. Like have a, Actually enjoy life Work And then sorting out All that kind of shit Bro It's, it's, it's horrid <laughs>
1: So the advice today is Don't start don't do an e-commerce unle- business Unless you unle- really
0: want to <laughs> Exactly Unless <laughs> Unless you're truly passionate About the products you're making yeah. Your mission It can't just be about I want to start a business Because I want to make money Like the the business and what you're making you should have some kind of passion for because it's only through having a passion for it that you'll be able to endure the shit that comes with it Mm. do you know what I mean yeah otherwise you're just going to quit the first hurdle and then what's the point at that point you just wasted money yeah facts so yeah only start something that you're really passionate about Mm. like even the music bro like I've spent mad peas on this music stuff Mm. over the course of the year and a bit like mad peas music is so expensive and it's like okay we're getting money from streaming coming in but we're not at that point yet to start making real money from it mm. Do you know what i mean we're still in that building phase so when you're in that phase where you're trying to build to get to the point where you can make like you're withstanding a lot of financial pressure mm. so you can only really Withstand that and sacrifice, not buying yourself nice things, not mm. doing nice things that you want to do, this, that, and the other, and funding something else. If you're truly passionate about it, yeah. So yeah, my advice would be: only start a business if you are truly, truly passionate about it. Otherwise, <laughs> don't bother.
1: I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. So, what you got planned next for your for yourself?
0: Do you know what? So like, I'll, even with my career, like I'm focusing on that massively. Um, I enjoy my job. It's is it's, it's it genuinely is a really good job. Can't complain. The hours are a bit long, you know, seven to five. But apart from that, it's it's a great it's a great industry to work in. It's a great place. The place where I work is a great place to work. Um, and <laughs> it's it's like what I have to do for the money. It's like cool. It makes so much sense because mm. the effort required, like. I've been doing it for a long time, so I'm very experienced and doing it is literally like, I can do it in my sleep. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm on autopilot. But getting to that point, it's just like, wow, this is so easy. And then the money you make from it, because we're dealing with such large transactions, like everything's mm. just bigger, you know. Yeah. Like, everything's based on like commission. Um, but because we're dealing large transactions, we're trading millions and billions at a time. Yeah. So it's just like, the commissions are a lot bigger. Yeah. Um Mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Work-wise, I'm 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 looking. Like I'm really happy in my career right now, so I'm looking to double down on that, focus on that, and doing so should then also improve everything else. Because okay. with more income, then you can create more. Yeah. You know, it's just I can have some more to spend on myself and projects I want to do. Uh, like most of my marketing budget for Beard Gang goes into the music. To be honest. Okay. I, I, I don't even, I rarely market for Beard Gang anymore. Yeah. Um, majority of sales that I get now is all, you know, word of mouth, yeah. billboards, um, you know, subscribers, mm. et cetera. Um, so that, that ticks over quite nicely and I just have like, run like retargeting ads and whatnot and I'll do a few things on blogs and yeah. I'm, I'm investing more into the, the, the marketing for Beard Gang but it's more of a long term strategic plan rather yeah. than like the short term, you know, gets ads out, this, that, and the other. Mm. Music is sort of my main focus. But with with the brand as a whole, my, my vision for, for BGM is basically, it's the one-stop shop for all of your needs as a man, right? Okay. So, deep it. you yeah. wake up in the morning, you get in the shower, the first mm. thing you use is, I'm developing a body wash at the moment, okay. right? So that's the next okay. product that, to come out. Um, I might give it a, a quirky name, I'm not sure. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> B, BGM body wash yeah. for now um currently working on that mm. um, and that should come out soon so yeah body wash beard wash is there anyway mm-hmm. so you use the beard wash mm-hmm. come out of the shower it's time to get dressed okay you cream yourself using bgm skin cream okay you then get dressed into the bgm tracksuit all while listening to okay. bgm music okay wow <laughs> you've got yeah you've yeah. got a lot of vision so i want to cover all the aspects of mm. of people's lives you know so i'm mm. touching you know p- need to go out like brand touch points i want to touch different areas of your life encompass it so mm. it's a one-stop shop and then yeah uh, eventually have shops okay wow looking uh, forward is, to that that, man. Is, that is the end, end game Wow Brick and mortar Looking forward to that
1: man sounds, <laughs> sounds amazing man And we'll get you Get you back on to talk about How you're progressing with that Where where can people find you?
0: Uh, so you'll find uh, All BGM Content On uh, Bid Gang members Instagram TikTok Twitter Is Bid Gang member And then the record label BGM Records BGM Worlds The clothing And most importantly You need to follow A1 Rico Run it up Reeks On Insta and love that. all socials Run it up weeks Love that Love that Thank you so much Adam
1: You're doing so much man In life I'm like Rah It's <laughs> crazy man You're a hustler man yeah, For real no, it's,
0: You know it's just, You're doing it It's got 24 hours in a day And use as much of it As you can yeah. Productively I love know?
1: that And I love that you're You're what you're doing is you, you've got your nine to five and then you're feeding seven that to five. Nine, seven to five. Should I say a <laughs> Nine to five. <laughs> seven to I, five. You, Sorry. Let you know, me correct myself. Oh. Seven to five. And then you're using that to feed into like your other, other yeah. ventures, which I think is, is super cool. Um, and makes a lot of sense. I think more people should try to stay in their jobs. I always say this, like try and stay in your jobs as, as long as you can. If you can stay there for, for a while. And then your business grows naturally, and then you're like, okay, cool. I can stay in the job, or I can leave it. You know, I mean, like if we, if you think of somebody like Elon Musk, he's got like what two, three, four businesses. He's still employed for his, even though it's his business, you're gonna be employed to some aspect. So yeah, no, it's been great. It's been great hearing your story, and uh, you know, seeing the growth and 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 where you've got to. I think it's been really inspiring. Do you have any like final words for the watchers and
0: listeners? If you're trying to start a business. <laughs> only do it if you're passionate about it (laughs) because it will it will cost you a lot of your sanity and your time um but also very rewarding so pursue it if you're passionate if you're trying to get your beard right then you need to be using the bgm bundle every day you need to use the beard wash oil balm comb every day um and yeah with consistent use you'll see results over time
1: thank you so much Adam thank you watchers and listeners for tuning into to this episode take off experience and we'll see you next week's episode
0: save big on your memorial day
1: barbecue all in the Kroger app